Happy Monday and thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the Jeremiah Patterson Show. It is great to be back. First of all, can we all just kind of take like a deep breath for a second? Can you all just kind of like breathe with me? <sighs> it is that kind of a week already. Um, you know, it has been a while. It has been a month since I've been here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show releasing episodes. I have been on hiatus. I've been on report. Um, I took off uh, initially two weeks and then it became a whole month. Um, I was working on preparing the special report for you all, but that ended up getting stifled. So now there are not only is just one special report in the works for TJPS listeners, but also like a couple more special reports and interviews on the way. So a lot is happening. Also, while I was gone, like news was breaking like crazy, more than I can count on my fingers. And I wanted to press record and the urge to release episodes was there. But you know, I was on hiatus and I had to keep working. But it is good to be back now. Um, we're going to start tonight with a story, um, a story that you may not have heard of because it is something in American history that is um, essentially was obscure up until now. On May 5th, 1945, a group of five children and a 26-year-old pregnant woman named Elsa Mitchell, they were out on a fishing trip. Um, it was a beautiful day in Oregon. It was a beautiful, nice, sunny day in Bly. It was a small town in Oregon. And they noticed that something just suddenly fell out the sky. And Elsie and those five kids ended up getting up and approaching this strange-looking object. And as they got closer and closer, it became very clear what it was. A balloon. A balloon had fallen out the sky. And, you know, of course, oh, okay, a balloon, that's normal, Jeremiah, what's your point? This was not just an ordinary balloon. Like one that you'll find at like a birthday party or like a little hot air balloon where you can get in and like have fun in the sky and take pictures. This was a balloon that had a bomb in it. And not long after that, not long after Elsie and those five children walked up to this balloon, it exploded. It killed all six of them instantly on impact. And it was completely devastating for this to have happened. And it shook the whole nation. I mean, a balloon with a bomb kills six people on American soil. How could something like this happen? Was this a terroristic attack? Was this motivated by domestic terrorism? What essentially happened? And this happened at a time where it was, there was already tensions and there was already fear in the world because this was in the midst of World War II. And as more and more questions were being asked here and investigations were starting to be launched, what they ended up discovering was this earth-shattering reality. And it essentially, it would end up changing not only essentially the United States, but also the course of the war at the time. Because this was during World War II, of course, as I just mentioned, and we were just as vulnerable as every other nation. And so what investigators ended up finding and telling us was, hey guys, that's not just a normal balloon. This wasn't some civilian prank gone wrong. This was deliberately targeted and carried out by a foreign nation. And that foreign nation was Japan. 
And in their bombshell report, they found that this wasn't just an isolated incident. Japan had done this over a thousand times, 9,000 balloons in total to be exact. This was a tactic by the enemy to effectively spy and collect information on other nations to see what they were up to. And it was really easy to do. Like it was easier to, it was more easier than like essentially satellite spying because it's not like you're sending some delegate or an airplane, which is very clearly making your presence known or spending millions of dollars. And so instead what you do is you send these balloons out, subtle and potentially risky, of course, given national security concerns, but also effective. And what Japan hoped to do here was essentially cause national panic and essentially stoke fear in America. But Oregon is when things got heated and they got heated fast. Because as I mentioned, investigators were launching and conducting investigations here, but the government actually really didn't already know what was happening here secretly for a long time. They just wanted to keep this under the wraps. It was top secret. The story was suppressed. But we were also taking a more aggressive approach to this matter. This was really of such high interest by the military at the time that they ended up making a 21-minute secret video about the spy balloon. This is from an archival documentary on it. Was under attack. The military captured a number of balloons intact and even made a classified film about them. These images, taken by an Air Force cameraman of an actual balloon bomb in flight, have never before been televised. Investigators examined these balloons for clues to their origin. They discovered strange mechanical devices, probably some sort of guidance system. They also found bags filled with sand, no doubt used as ballast. And they made one more startling discovery. Tucked inside one of the balloons was a piece of paper. It was an inspection tag written in Japanese. Were the balloons coming from Japan? Impossible. A balloon could never survive the flight from Japan over 5,000 miles across the Pacific, all the way to North America. Quote, were the balloons coming from Japan impossible? So this was something that was very hard to conceive of at the time, right? I mean, how could such a large magnitude object survive a worldwide global trip, uh, essentially going into different atmospheres of different nations of different countries? How could it specifically survive a trip like that into the United States? Also, how exactly can a balloon like that, how exactly can an object like that not only survive a trip from Japan to the United States, which Japan is on the other side of the world, but how did it know to enter the United States? Were there specific targets? Was it specifically programmed or technologically developed to target and specifically enter the United States? Was that its final destination? Or was this a massive... Um, colloquial, not colloquial, was this a, essentially a massive intelligence gathering? Was this a coerted effort? 
that is definitely something that the military and also our intelligence agencies would be looking into more as more of these balloons were being discovered. And after that balloon bomb killed that 26-year-old pregnant woman and the five children that were with her, the Japanese, they offered an apology for that horrendous situation because this was not supposed to happen. Ultimately, it turned out that 285 balloons were found in Texas, Wyoming, and Michigan. Remember I said they sent over 9,000. We only found 285, so not even half of that. Using fierce language in the threat of a nuclear war or egregiously aggressive actions is one way to get the attention of your enemy. But to command your enemy's attention more subtly and even with a hint of ambiguity and curiosity by sending balloons into their country, that's a whole nother way. It is something that is not new. It has been done before. This is an espionage tactic that dates back centuries, of course. And that is why it is no surprise to many who lived through this before or even in government when a Chinese spy balloon was spotted over Montana just a couple of weeks ago. The balloon raised national security concerns, of course, and President Biden instantly urged the Pentagon to shoot it down. But they told him to know we're going to wait on this because shooting it down right then and there essentially is going to pose a risk to civilian life. So they waited until it got down over South Carolina on said the South Carolina coast and they shot it down over Myrtle Beach. I remember it was right after this that um, the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken um, essentially canceled the diplomatic trip. Um, essentially that was going to be happening around that time. It was just yesterday that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that the United States has no doubt that China was conducting surveillance with that balloon. And, you know, that does raise good questions here because these balloons can take pictures of things. These balloons are high up in the air. They are in, in high enough altitude to take pictures of things. And they're just like aimlessly flying around the country. So these balloons could, you know, proverbially, you know, just fly over military bases, get in classified information. These balloons are more valuable, more valuable to a foreign government, to a potential enemy of the United States than a satellite would be because you can gather direct and instant intelligence without spending millions of dollars on a satellite that sits in space. Why not? Why do that when you can just get a balloon to fly over a country and have the civilians just question what is happening, raising national security concerns? I mean, literally, it was a fiasco. Completely you know, questioning. I mean, lots of people definitely did have questions here when this happened. Like, what is a balloon doing over the United States? The balloon that was shot down, um, it was recovered. Um, the United States, of course, is now analyzing. We are now analyzing essentially what has happened. Now, because this balloon was shot down, not over land, it was shot down over waters. The difference between this situation here, this scenario here with this balloon versus the one that happened in World War II, it's because the ones that happened in World War II, when Japan was sending those 9,000 balloons over into the United States to essentially terrorize the nation and everything subtly, when they did that, those balloons were falling down. Yes, they had bombs in them. Some of them exploded. Some of them didn't. But 
we were able to get those balloons safely down to the ground. We were able to get a hold of those balloons and actually investigate everything to look inside, to tear it apart piece by piece, and to eventually find out that, oh yeah, this is a Japanese balloon. With this balloon here, in this day and age, in this century, in this year, the balloon was not, sh the balloon did not come down over land. It was shot down over water in South Carolina, the coast, and Myrtle Beach. And so, I mean, I, I have a question. Is that essentially going to make the recovery efforts in terms of their investigation here, is that going to make it more difficult? Did we essentially risk complicating the, the, the efforts to find out answers about what China essentially was doing with these balloons already beyond speculations about surveillance? Did we muddy the waters here? No pun intended. Did we cause damage to this balloon significantly that now when we are investigating, we can't necessarily recover significant, substantial amount of evidence into what the Chinese were doing here? That is one question. Another one here is why essentially did it take so long to shoot down this balloon? Also, the balloon traveled from Montana all the way to South Carolina. Why couldn't this balloon have been shot down sooner? Would it have been smarter in terms of national security if this balloon were shot down sooner? The Pentagon says that they were afraid of shooting this down over, you know, for the loss of civilian life. Could this balloon have been shot down in a secluded area, potentially miles away from civilian life? That is another question that I have here. I mean... It was definitely no surprise when this happened. I mean, the United States is not only having to have been dealt with that, but of course, many other balloons. We're going to get into that in just one second. But when this balloon was shot down, China immediately came out saying, oh, the U.S. is overreacting and we reserve the right to respond in kind. What? You sent a balloon here. It was in our territory. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, questions about international security, the international landscape. What is diplomacy looking like right now for the United States and China? That is another question that I have. And so the according to CNBC News here, um, it says here, quote, the United States said on Friday that it has successfully concluded recovery efforts off South Carolina to collect sensors and other debris from a suspected Chinese surveillance balloon shot down by a U.S. fighter jet on February 4th, and investigators are now analyzing its guts. But U.S. and Canadian authorities also announced they had called off searches for three unidentified objects shot down over last weekend without locating any debris. President Joe Biden said this week that U.S. intelligence community believed the three other objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, rec me, recreation or research institutions, not China's spy program. The loss of the debris from the Chinese balloon was drowned, was downed by a Sid Wiener missile, um, is heading to an FBI laboratory in Virginia for analysis, the U.S. military's Northern Command said. Reuters was forced to report the conclusion of the recovery efforts for the suspected Chinese balloon, which were halted on Thursday. Quote, it's a significant amount of recovered material, including the payload structure, as well as some of the electronics and 
the optics. And all that's now at the FBI laboratory in Quantico. Kirby said that the United States had already learned a lot about the balloon by observing it as it flew over the United States. Quote, we're going to learn even more, we believe, by getting a look at the guts inside it and seeing how it worked and what it is capable of, he told the White House News Briefing. The United States military said Navy and Coast Guard vessels that have been scoring the sea for nearly two weeks have departed the area. End quote. So we have now gotten the balloon. We have access to it and we are now taking it apart bit, uh, bit by bit and we are now analyzing it. So that is something we're going to be keeping an eye on here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show as more answers are being uh, asked here. More answers are being essentially found here. Um, those answers hopefully coming soon with this investigation continuing. Also, um, it wasn't just that one balloon that was shot down over South Carolina. As the article mentioned, there were three other unknown identifying unknown identifying objects flying around in the sky that were also shot down. One recently over Canada and also another um, in Alaska and also over Lake Koran. So that happened as well. I remember essentially right after that happened that there were lots of questions and speculation as if to if this was China again. But according to the government right now, they the, the Biden administration right now, they are just saying that this was not Chinese intelligence. This was not the Chinese spy program. This was something else. This could have been a private company in the United States working on something. So, you know, we will get more as we learn more, but um, what is diplomacy going to be looking like right now for the United States and China? Can we expect to get more answers as this investigation continues? What exactly could a balloon like that do beyond just gathering surveillance over the United States? What exactly is it capable of and what risk does it pose to our national security system here in the United States? I'm just the person to ask those questions, and she joins me next. Stay with us. I love my new home. I always wanted a house with historic architecture, but it might be too Victorian. Gosh, interesting hemline on this. Pants? Yes, I do believe they're called pants. Pardon me. No, pardon me. At least Geico makes bundling my home and car insurance easy. I save so much. I have come to call upon... Just text me. Ah. While I'm heading up... It's a ghost. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com. It's called self-care. Joining me now for the interview is Irina Tukerman. She is a human rights lawyer. She's also a national security lawyer and a geopolitical analyst. Uh, Ms. Tukerman, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. So there have been reports recently about this uh, Chinese spy balloon in the air. Um, this is something that happened back in World War II. Also, it happened over the Trump administration. Um, but to have this happen now, essentially, and for it to be caught at the public eye, um, is this is this something that we should be concerned about? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, the the balloons that were used during World War II were significantly less sophisticated. They were essentially a substitute for signals intelligence, which since then has developed, and countries have largely been relying on satellites to observe large structures on the ground. So the purpose of of balloons uh, such as now is significantly more detailed uh, information gathering, but there may be other 
purposes for it as well. Um, also, the balloons that were, that um, appeared during the Trump administration uh, appeared before our recognizance was uh, sophisticated enough to catch them. And so they were also there for a much shorter period of time. They uh, moved much faster and they were smaller. They didn't attract as much attention. This one was significant. I think at this point, uh, China has been pushing the envelope to see how we will react, mm -hmm. knowing that our technology has been developed. So it's basically, on the one hand, it's not just a surveillance apparatus. It's a, an apparatus to determine our technological cap capabilities and, of course, to test new uh, new uh, technology. Um, the whatever was able, we were able to recover from the remnants shows that it has sophisticated capabilities, including AI, which uh, could be used to communicate with China and to provide information uh, back home. So that's also a new development. In the future, balloons of that size and that height could actually um, be used to carry out uh, attacks on the on the grid, which was not possible during World War II. Uh, at that point, balloons were not able to reach the height that uh, they did. And it's important to note that one of the reasons that um, the reaction to this has been slow is that the balloons have reached uh, the balloon has reached the height that was no longer considered U.S. airspace initially. It was considered basically international. So there was not much to do about it. But nevertheless, an object of that size does present a threat. And once it did enter U.S. airspace, it was for sure uh, fair game. Mm. Is there information out there about these balloons that maybe perhaps has not been publicly reported yet or information that we can use to our advantage to essentially further investigate what exactly China was doing here to get more answers? There were apparently such balloons around Taiwan um, as early as New Year's. And I am not entirely sure why this was not reported anywhere until now once... Um, uh, once uh, once this incident in the United States took place, given the fact that at that point those balloons were definitely visible, they definitely presented a threat, and they definitely were gathering information. All of these balloons in all of the instances they were spotted in the past two years had been around sensitive military sites, so I hardly think it's a, it's a coincidence. Hmm. Um, China is saying that the United States is overreacting for shooting down the balloons. Do you think um, it was a smart national security tactic to shoot down the balloons? Um, and if not, what essentially would have been like the right course? It should have been shut down, but it should have been shut down much earlier before it presented this sort of threat that it did, before it had a chance together intelligence and before and to s signal that uh, any any foreign objects um in the u.s uh territory or nearby uh would be taken out to prevent future future such attempts first of all but also had it fallen earlier we may have been able to recover more of it and figure it out its capabilities once it uh, fell into the waters the recovery was much more difficult and was also damaged by the water so we don't know the full scope of what we're dealing with. It could have been carrying explosives, but now we'll never find out. Hmm. 
Being that there was a significant um, uptick in these balloons being in the air, not just over the United States, but over like international waters. I know one was shot down over Canada. Um, is China essentially testing the world's uh, military and technological capabilities with, with these balloons? Being it's, that it wasn't just the U.S. here. It's doing both. It's testing reactions. It is, it's testing its own technology. And it's also sending political signals, meaning that we are out there. This is what we are going to do. What are you going to do about it? We're not going to stop. So they're basically sending out a signal as to their own intentions and to their own positions. And they're basically trying to show the world who we are the boss. It's a very typical, not particularly sophisticated tactic. Basically, uh, China is showing, is making a first move, seeing how, will it be stopped or can it continue uh, acting out in a way that, uh, that basically violates international norms. And so far, the fact that uh, over the course of two years, no one has really pushed back against it, kept giving it room to continue doing so more and more aggressively. Um, what kind of information can be gathered, like from these Chinese balloons, um, and how can it be used against the United States? Well, um, they can gather electronic intelligence, basically images and or even videos of any everything uh, below, uh, such as infrastructure sites. Potentially, they can also communicate, possibly even conversations. Uh, depending on the level of of technology, they can be um, they can be used uh, to communicate uh, instantaneous uh, information about activity going on around those sites. Um, and because the balloons traverse the entire country at a particular speed, um, they have a time to basically collect a lot of. Uh, data and at a different height and uh, than a satellite and satellites sometimes rotate and they don't have they could be used to supplement sub satellites basically. Hmm. What steps can the United States uh, take against this uh, Chinese espionage tactic? Well, if they're consistent in taking down those balloons before they enter the U.S. airspace, then it will be just difficult to. Uh, have them enter the country and, and quite frankly it, it seems that they were watching the balloon actually take off from China before reaching the United States so that would have been a good time to engage in a very tough diplomacy and push back against it and find out what it was before it even got here. I'm actually very surprised that no, no such political steps were taken early on. Mm. So in terms of diplomacy, speaking with the Chinese essentially about why they're conducting um, this tactic, that would be very instrumental in in terms of our national security? It should have been. What happened was at the Munich Security Conference, Secretary Blinken confronted a Chinese official and basically told them not to do it again. But that official did not directly explain what was going on and didn't answer questions about it. Mm. So it's not clear whether China has gotten the message and they, they are unlikely to stop their operations altogether. Once again, my guest is Miss Irene Tuckerman. She's a national security lawyer. She's also a human rights lawyer and a geopolitical activist. We'll be right back. Whether you put down your phone to be there for your daughter 
or pick up your phone to call a helpline for your roommate. When it comes to mental health, now more than ever, every action counts. Introducing Tide Power Pods. With Cat and Nat. I love how much I can stuff into these machines. But that is such a large load. Don't the stains sneak through? Please. New Tide Power Pods can clean that whole situation. You just toss it in before the close. It's like two regular Tide Pods and then some power and then even more power. With 50% more cleaning power, even your large load got clean. How many kids do you have? Girl, I lost track. There's a lot of kids. And then there's a husband. And then there's me. That's a lot of clothes. Welcome back. We are following some breaking news reports here. Um, King Jong-un, of course, the leader of North Korea, his sister has made a shooting range threat as North Korea has been testing more missiles. Basically, she has said in kind, quote, well, not basically in kind, she said, Kim Jong-un's sister here has warned the United States that unless it stops conducting military exercises with its allies in the region, North Korea will turn the Pacific Ocean into a, quote, firing range. Um, essentially threatening more missile testing. This is from CNN. Quote, North Korea launched two ballistic missiles into waters off the east coast of the Korean Peninsula early Monday. And leader Kim Jong-un's sister warned of more to come unless the United States halts military drills with South Korea. Kim Yo-jong, one of the country's top officials, said, quote, the frequency of the using the Pacific Ocean as our shooting range depends on the nature of the U.S. military's actions, according to the statement. Um, once again, this is the sister of um, the leader of North Korea warning that if the United States does not stop conducting uh, military exercises with its allies in the region, um, then they are going to turn the Pacific Ocean into a, quote, firing range, end quote. That does it for us tonight. Thank you so very much for being with us here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show. We, of course, will continue to follow that story and others. Um, there is a lot happening. We have a lots more content being produced this week for you here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show. I will see you again Saturday. Take care. Remember to stay positive and inspired, and I'll see you soon.